Good morning, good evening, good fortnight, good morrow. Happy 2021, kids. We made it. Wait, well, we're making it because we don't really know if we're in the beginning of a brand new year or the continuation of the year that Stephen King wrote. But we're here. You're here. I'm here. After a break, a needed break, a much needed break. I was offline, but I was still online, still watching the male-female fuckery go down in the backdrop of a global pandemic, economic instability, government shutdowns, curfews, travel letters, and a fucking toddler at the helm of an increasingly socially unstable, racially hostile country. Yup, with all of that going on, thought still thought, and fuckboys still fuck around with the hearts and minds of the innocent. Thank God for the consistency. I would thank God for my superpowers, but I haven't gotten them yet. Must be delayed with my stimulus. But I digress. One thing I know is that in every test, there is a lesson to be learned. And I think it's fair to say that we've all been tested in the last 12 months. So hot to kiss 2019 goodbye, we ran right into the boo hole of a big angry elephant that had been eating flaming hot Cheetos and stir fry bat mignon. So before you make your New Year's resolutions this year, Practice gratitude and manage your expectations. Please and thank you. Sincerely, management. Now on to the rest of the show. What did we learn in 2020? 2020 was a revelatory time to be alive. 2020 and its companion global pandemic revealed humans are selfish from hoarding toilet paper to knowingly flying with a positive COVID diagnosis. Humans are selfish. What else did we learn? Well, we learned at least here in the United States, you don't need to be qualified to be president of the United States. And you can certainly be a Supreme court judge Lifetime employment, no layoffs for you, A1 benefits. Yeah, you can, with no quantifiable experience, just the right education, connections, and agenda. So if 2020 taught us anything, it taught us that the old cliche, it's not what you know, but who you know, is pretty much how you're going to have to navigate in the world. We also learned that you can get people to vote for you with no agenda. Now, it didn't hurt to have a toddler with his sticky fingers on the nuclear button either. But enough of that. I'm here to talk about fuckeries in dating. And the most memorable things 2020 taught me in this regard. And here they are in no particular order. Buckle up. Ladies. Your checklist is keeping you single. Your overinflated checklist is what is keeping you from finding a good, solid man. Not that there's a shortage of good, solid dudes, because there's no shortage. I don't think. It's your checklist. 
I've noticed that a lot of women, particularly those over 30, i.e. those over 40, still have these extensive and lengthy laundry lists of what the man of their dreams, the man they're waiting to come and find them, must have and hold. Many of you concern yourself more with the superficial and less with the things that endure. Let's take, for example, the husband's store and compare it briefly to the wife's store. A store just opened in New York City. Now, if you've heard this before, just indulge me because I think it's fitting. A store just opened in New York City that offered free husbands. When women go to choose a husband, they have to do the following instructions at the entrance. You may visit this store only once. There are six floors to choose from. You may choose any item from a particular floor, or you may choose to go to the next floor, but you cannot go back down except to exit the building. So a woman goes to the store to find a husband. On the first floor, the sign reads, Floor 1. These men have jobs. Second floor sign reads, Floor 2. These men have jobs and love kids. Third floor, these men have jobs, love kids, and are extremely good looking. Wow, she thinks, but she feels compelled to keep going. She goes to the fourth floor. Fourth floor sign reads, these men have jobs, love kids, drop dead good looking, and help with housework. Oh, mercy me, she exclaims. I can hardly stand it. She takes her happy ass to the fifth floor. Fifth floor sign reads, these men have jobs, love kids, drop dead gorgeous, help with housework, and have a strong romantic streak. She is tempted to stay. But she goes to the sixth floor and the sign reads, you are visitor 71,456 and 12 to this floor. There are no men on this floor. This floor exists solely as proof that you are impossible to please. Thank you for shopping at the husband's store. To avoid gender bias, the store's owner opened a wife's store just across the street. The first floor has wives that love sex. The second floor has wives that love sex and have money. The third floor through the sixth floor have never been visited. That's the end of it. That's it. That's the whole point right there. Now, ladies, my sisters, yes, you want a man who can protect and provide, perform and please. You want what you want. And that's okay, no problem. He has to make a lot of money, many times because you don't make a lot of money. He has to be a certain height so you can feel protected, even though feeling protected isn't the same as being protected. And in this world that we live, he's gonna have to learn how to handle firearms. But I digress. Even though the average height of a man in the U.S. is about 5'9", according to the CDC, you're already 5'5", so technically, 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 why am I struggling over this word? I can read. So technically, he's sufficiently taller, but no, you want a walking skyscraper. 
no problem. He has to drive an expensive car, be able to buy you a matching one in pink. He has to have a passport with at least 10 stamps on it, plus the ability to take you on spontaneous holidays to Paris, France, because Paris, Texas isn't exotic enough. His dick has to be long enough to reposition your cervix, wide enough to give you a thigh gap. There are variations, of course, but that pretty much sums it up, doesn't it? Ladies, let me ask you this. Does he have to be nice? Does he have to be literate financially or emotionally? See, he can have an income that is significant and not know how to manage the money. This is more to it than the earnings. It's about money management, making it grow, not just earning it. But many of y'all don't know how to do that either. So that's not something you would add to your list. You just know it comes in and it gets spent. A man has no control over his height or his penis size. So are those really the core metrics you want to measure by? I see why you single. Moving on. If your relationship is in trouble, try supervised cheating. Listen, just because something's on TV doesn't make it right. And yes, I'm specifically talking about own TV and one of its nefarious 2020 offerings. Put a ring on it. I couldn't make it through this season because the premise bothered me so much. Here you have a group of couples who are in a long-term romantic relationship and are still basically quote-unquote dating. No one's become engaged, some close calls, but no engagements and no marriages. Eight, nine years deep and you're still boyfriend and girlfriend and you're almost 40. Now look, marriage is not the end game for everyone. So if that's you and you're cool with it, do you be you, it's all you. That's okay, there is no problem. But if marriage is your end game, why y'all waiting so long? And then you come on TV and complain about it when you didn't prioritize it. And that's not even my issue. My issue is the show itself and the maze of nonsense. The couples present their issues and then they, under the supervision of a life coach, dating coach, relationship coach, therapist, I don't even know what she is, but they're set up on dates, romantic dates with other people while they remain in relationship with their long-term partner. I don't really know what the point is. I know what they say the point is. The premiere episode reminded me of an early episode of Catfish before Max left, where the guy and the girl had been talking. They met, she was her, he was him. But when they met, he was super duper awkward. And after being pulled to the side, Neve found out that this jackass had a whole entire fiance at home and was only seeking to date the girl to see if he was really committed to his fiance. That's part of put a ring on it. The part that I don't like. I know there's more, but I couldn't make the distance. Why? Because that's cheating and I'm not here for it. Moving on. Something else I learned in 2020 is the grass is greener on the other side because you're looking at it through the lens of envy. We all know people who see grass and think that their neighbor's grass is greener than theirs. Grown-ups understand that grass is green where you water it. 
But I realize that this happens primarily because people are envious. We look at other couples' curated content and scream, girls! Some of us are inspired by it. Some of us are envious, and it shows. Envy is born out of feeling what you have or what you are is less than or other. In the case of envy, you're continuously watching someone who has what you think you want. You envy another person's relationship or situationship. You want what they have because it looks good. You're idealizing what you see, not knowing anything about the truth of what you see. You pressure your partner to take the steps to mimic the steps portrayed in the other person's relationship. You're motivated to copy someone else while you ignore the virtues of your own relationship. In contrast, think about your own relationship how to make it better, how to fulfill the needs of your di- your dynamic, your relationship, your partner, i.e. water your own grass and let go of comparison. Moving on. Oh, this one blows me. Physical intimacy does not equal like. Affection is being misused and I don't like it. Now I realize that humans are not a monolith. We think differently, we feel differently, behave differently on the same topics and within the same situation, sex being one of them. Casual sex is not for everyone. Me, I'm everyone and that's okay. Some of us elect to reserve our sexual energy for special people, connections and occasions. Not fuck boys with big endowments. Endowments, take that how you will. And I acknowledge that for some people, the act of sex is just that, an act, a physical act whereby they eschew emotional ties or feelings of affection on par with the animals. Even though we're created to be above them, at times we reduce and diminish ourselves for physical pleasure and gratification. This is why I believe for some, sex is performative versus emotive, ascribing value and worth to the number of times you can thang that thang or how far you can skeet that skeet versus transcending the physical realm altogether. And that's okay. Do you be you by any means necessary? By any means necessary. But for example, when I see Ready to Love's Naya talk about how she didn't care for either Chris or Edwin, but been sucking their faces, I'm taken aback. Simply because those guys thought like I did. That the physical affection demonstrated actually meant something. See, some of us, dare I say, many of us actually do equate physical affection with some sort of emotion, even if it is just like. Hence, it's one of the five love languages. So for her to just be so random with physical affection chafes me a bit because it's communicating somewhat of a falsehood. Now she did admit on a recent interview that she's had one night stands, sex on the first day, blah, blah, blah. So she's able to compartmentalize physical affection and that's fine, but the other party needs to know what it is. And that's all I'm saying. Moving on. Something else that I saw in 2020, A baby cannot keep a man and y'all still don't realize that. I mean, I guess some of the biggest participants in this madness that must be cured are younger women, even those who've crossed the threshold of completed brain development. 
But all I can surmise is that you guys were not taught this. You may have both parents and they may have the resources to give you the best money can buy, like food and shelter and clothing that are top notch. But that's really just maintenance now, isn't it? If they aren't teaching you the ways to navigate the traps that come with engaging with the opposite or same sex, they're really doing you a disservice of letting you find out the hard way. Find out what exactly? That a baby cannot keep a man in a relationship with you. A baby cannot keep a man faithful to you. A baby cannot keep a man. Repeat after me. A baby cannot keep a man in a relationship with you. A baby cannot keep a man faithful to you. A baby cannot keep a man. That's all. Moving on. Something else I saw. You know, men are domestic violence victims and y'all still laugh at it. Now I saw a little, well, not little, cause it was pretty messy, yielding many think pieces on YouTube. Anyway. I saw where a public relationship between a celeb and his former fiance went south in a very plain going down in flames kind of way. She accused him of domestic violence. He accused her of domestic violence, both physical and emotional. Subsequently, various revenge type photos of both of them leaked to social media. Messy, like I said. But rewinding to the biased reactions to their claims of domestic violence, the vocal ones who seemingly think they speak for the masses overwhelmingly reacted with a groundswell of love and support at the mere photo of a woman with a black eye, even though all we had was the photo. No timeline, no accompanying data, no police report, not even the identity of the photographer. Instantly, he was framed as a woman beater, etc., etc. Now, when he released his video detailing that it was actually her who liked to quote unquote hit people, among other things, the support wasn't so overwhelming, and the mockery that ensued was a bit disheartening. It really is time for us to acknowledge that not all girls are made with sugar and spice. And even if they are, some of them actually do grow up to be narcissistic, vile little creatures who damage their sons, their daughters, and the individuals with whom they end up in romantic relationships. And that's real. Don't believe me? Watch any episode of Iyanla Fix My Life. It seems like the bigger the man physically, the funnier it is, rendering men unwilling to report it or even share with somebody they trust. This means that there are many more male victims who are suffering in silence rather than getting the support they need because, you know, sexism. The sum total of the matter is men can be victims of domestic violence at the hands of women, and there should be the same expectation of justice and outpouring of support. Moving on. Whew, something else I saw. Women, y'all are still reckless in the post-Me Too world. Yeah, um, a man of means offers to fly you out to an island or anywhere really to be in his next music video and you, being cautious, insist that he also fly out your BFF. Now you're young and prettyish and penniless. 
But you fly out with a man you sort of kind of know with your equally as penniless and clueless friend. It's a setup and you don't even see it. Now, to be fair, you don't have the benefit of lived experience or firsthand knowledge, but in the age of Me Too, you cannot tell me you are completely this unaware. Now, you get to the destination and you and your friend are in the man's house eating and drinking and living good, no harm, no foul, right? Until the man comes to you for what he paid for. Some ass. Is he entitled to it? In his mind, yes. In reality, of course not. But that's not even the issue. The issue is you have to be more responsible in this day and age. Now, it may sound like I'm victim blaming, but I'm really not. I'm just trying to say prevention is worth way more than the cure. Moving on. Let's see. (laughs) Black women are really out here divesting from black men and black love as if fuck boys don't transcend all cultures and all ethnicities now i'm gonna talk about that more but i do feel like that deserves its own topic it's its own episode so i'm just gonna leave that right there real quick and move on we have still not learned how to healthily cope with rejection. We have not learned how to cope with rejection in a healthy way. And that's evidenced by the New Jersey man who shot a mom of four after she reportedly rejected his advances. And it was evidenced by the Notre Dame professor who crossed state lines to kill her ex-boyfriend, whom she'd been stalking since the end of their three-month relationship. I do believe that digmatization deserves its own episode, and I look forward to talking about digmatization later on this year. Now, I do want to say, few things are more painful than being forgotten by someone you can't forget. Rejection is painful. It is unpleasant, but it's common enough to get through and get over with practice. Not everyone is going to end up with the one we find attractive, and that's okay. And on some level, should be expected. Guys, listen, we need to learn to let it go. We need to learn to move on, and we need to learn to move forward. Because if we don't move forward, we become stagnant. Now, there is another option, um, but it's least favorable and most destructive. And that's what this Notre Dame professor did. She dealt with rejection um, using unwanted pursuit, i.e. stalking. Now, when you're faced with rejection, don't try to gather a checklist of things that would make you more desirable to the other person with the intent to have them reassess and reevaluate you later on as a potential partner after your quote unquote glow up. Why? Because they've moved on already. Don't lose weight or get your money up or take self-improvement classes 
to make you more marketable to them because they've already moved on. It may make you more desirable to the future potential, but your past potential is just that, your past. Move on, just like this. Moving on. Loyalty is worth more than a Birkin bag, but y'all still do not know that. How many of y'all saw y'all favorite rapper talk about how hard he goes for his love, but still can't stay faithful to her? I'm just going to leave that right there because y'all know what I'm talking about. (laughs) But I'm just going to move on real quick. Something else I learned. Public shaming. Y'all don't really want justice. You want sympathy. And we just don't care. This is something I noticed that y'all do, and y'all did it real heavy in 2020. If you talk about your partner on social media, your partner is this, your partner is that, your partner is violent, your partner is trash, your partner is not faithful, and you run to social media to post that. Now, if you really wanted justice for a partner who has been physically violent against you, you would run to the police station or you would run to the courthouse for a restraining order or divorce or civil suit but y'all don't do that if you do it you do it secondary to running to social media first that tells me you don't want justice you want sympathy you want clicks you want likes you want followers you want clout you want fame you want popularity you want to be the famous victim you want to be a hero or a heroine because you overcame some shit that we didn't know about and we don't care about and are gonna forget about 30 minutes after you post it. You don't want, you don't want justice. You don't want it. And then at the end of your post, you tell everybody to mind their business. But you posted your business, your dirty laundry in my feed. (sighs) Y'all don't want justice. Y'all want sympathy and we don't care. Stop. Anyway, moving on. Being fetishized is not endearing. It's insulting. And I'm going to leave that right there. If you know, you know. Moving on. Last but not least. Because this is getting long. One thing I saw in 2020. One thing 2020 taught me was that anyone can be a dating coach. Anyone can be a dating coach. If I had a dollar for every think piece, every panel, Zoom chat, every YouTube video done on this particular image consultant turned dating coach, I wouldn't even need a stimulus. And what made it so bad was that y'all took more issue with how he said what he said than what he actually said. Why? Why? I thought about it. You know why? Because y'all agree with him and you're mad at yourselves for agreeing with him. Listen, we have the right of refusal and we don't have to consume what we don't want. Y'all were more offended on behalf of the woman in the video than the woman in the video was offended for herself. All both of you had to do at the end of the day was walk away or simply disconnect. People only accept the truth on their own terms. How about this? How about you vet 
your own counselor. Define for yourself what high value is, what high value means to you, for you. And if you want to be spoken to in love, with constructive feedback, compassionate feedback, go to your pastor and not a YouTuber. Y'all set yourselves up. Vet who's talking before you put all that energy into responding because sometimes it's just not even worth it. Unless your goal was clicks and drama, then it's totally worth it. And there you have it, kids. That's what 2020 showed me. Yes, it revealed a whole lot more, but I have other things to do today. So I'm going to leave it here right now because I have to go see a cat about a man. Until next time, like, share, wash your hands, and wear condoms. Bye.